I thought I was going to share something else, but I want to stay on this a little bit because the Holy Spirit was really just kind of convicting me about um, divine union and what that really means. We all hear about it, you know, that you're one with Christ, etc. But what is that? What are the implications of that? If you're one with Christ and we're not separated and he's in us and we're in him, that means the, the, the divine source, the creator of the universe is in you and you're in him. And I think if you want to know what God's like, is Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is the study of God. And so I, I just know so long for me when I was growing up is we tried to make all scripture totally make sense. And then Jesus comes and unravels it all, right? So to me, Jesus is perfect theology and he's the perfect interpretation of scripture. So I would just let you know, um, kind of what I was sharing, I think two weeks ago, is go, don't get flustered like, I'm just sharing you different aspects of, of scripture. You have everything. You're complete and perfect in every way. So it's not like, oh man, I need to learn so much. It's all just different aspects of what's already true about you. So if you, if you never read the Bible again, just know that I'm one with him and he's with me and I'm perfectly loved and radically forgiven. And uh, I'm in him. So I have a divine nature is what scripture says. How many of you guys know you have, you have a divine nature to you? You have a godly nature to you. You guys believe that? And I, I don't know about you, but for me, when I was kind of taught, when I went to Sunday school, etc., I was never taught completion. I was never taught perfection. I was never taught I'm sinless because I was the youngest of seven little kids. And so um, we were, got scolded every day, right? <laughs> Rightly so. So, um, oh, my mother was a saint, man. When I think back of who we were, geez, seven kids and, oh, my Lord. And we were full of it, man. We were full of life. So uh, we were getting after life. That's why church didn't really interest me a whole lot. Because I'm like, no, that just looks like grumpy, man. So uh, ladies got to wear their hair in a bun, and they're mad and yell at me, and they're my school teachers, and my son's going, why do I want to go to that? So it seems more fun out here, having fun with all my buddies. So, But that's, guess what? He participates in the fun with you. That's really who he is. And so anyway, um, we're one with him, and really, I wanted to get after this a little bit more because this is what it's really all about. It's not about trying to learn more. It's not about trying to study more, get into the word more, pray more, fast more. All the more is meaning that we're not complete and we're still lacking something. And scripture has to start with you're perfect, nothing lacking, because he's finished the work. Does that make sense? He's made you sanctified. He's made you set apart. He's made you righteous. He did it all. Does that make sense? So, and then the flip side of that is I wanted to, I want you to, to experience the divine nature. There's a, there's a part of us that loves the supernatural, isn't it? That, that's just natural. I know when the first time when I heard Bishop speak, and he goes, two people raised from the dead today, everything in me jumped. Because I think, isn't that cool? We want to go see that, because that's that divine nature where it's not, uh, uh, and I say the word supernatural, but it's really just, it should be naturally supernatural that we have a divine nature and a fleshly nature, not a bad flesh, like the, the flesh where you taught, like that's your flesh. Not that, it's, hey, we have a body, right? We live here and it's good, it's holy is what God said. And we have a divine nature, we're, we're one. We're the new temple is what scripture says. That's what Paul says. Don't you know you're the new temple? We're heaven and earth meet. Where physical things meet spiritual things. And he's in you. You're the temple. That's so cool to me. I'm still trying to get my arms around that. But what happened in Jesus' presence? That's what you can go look, right? And the early church understood it. And so that's what I want to get is uh, um, they believed. They believed. You know, people are like, well, um, and I, this is where I always go. I said, well, what did they do for the first three, four hundred years when they didn't have a canon, when they didn't have all the scriptures put together? 
It seemed to work, didn't it? Is like Peter, Paul, John, they would walk by people and they'd be healed. That seems like it would work, right? What are, what are we missing? I think we've missed this union. I, miss, I think we've missed this thing that Stephen was talking about is we've, had the, we've eaten from the wrong tree where we believe we're separated from God and we've never been separated from God. You cannot be the more I understand it because he is life, isn't he? He's life. So how did you have life without life? Before you accepted him into your heart, how were you alive unless he was already there? Because he is the only life. We were a pile of dirt at what it says and he breathed his spirit into us. Does that make sense? So we were one with him the whole time. We just, we ate from the wrong tree and we felt like we were separated because of our sin is what it said. Sin didn't separate God from him. We separated ourselves from God because we thought, oh no, we're eating from the good bad tree and some of us are bad every now and then. Right? And then we think God must be judgmental. And that's where this whole penal substitution thing came in. So that's not what I'm going to talk about tonight, but I really want to talk about what prayer really is and just one more week on this thing. Because it's, it's really just releasing what's already true about you from the inside out. It's releasing his unconditional love and light. And that takes care of everything. It's really pretty interesting. So let's just go to this first slide here, Journey. Um, I want to show it. You could go look at all these. But pretty much every one of the patristics, every one of the church fathers taught this revelation. And so I just wrote down a couple of them. First one's from Arrhenius. It says, and this will sound like blasphemy because that's what it sounded like to the... the uh, the church, and we'll show you in scripture where that is. For it was for this end that the word of God was made man, and he who was the son of God became the son of man. That man, having been taken into the word and receiving the adoption, might become the son of God. If the word has been made man, it is so that men may be made gods, Irenaeus. So we're, we're, we have a manly nature and we have a godly nature, just like Jesus Christ. So the next one is origin. From Christ there began the union of the divine with the human nature, the order that the human by communion with the divine might rise to be divine. That's what this communion is all about, is to remember that this is the, your assurance that I'm in you and you're in me. There's a divine marriage. And then Athanasius, I just picked one from him. It says, the word was made man so that we might be made God. <gasps> Man, being united to him, may be able to partake gifts which come from God. Isn't that wild? So if you go look, almost every, every church father taught we're divine and we're man. Two have become one. Is that cool? All right, let's go to the next slide. So I can just tell you this. When, the first time Barb and I caught this, I about fell out of my chair, didn't I? I was going, sweetie, look at this. And I'll show you what, what part that got me. So here's Jesus, John 10. I am the Father, our one. Why is that a big deal? Because a man is claiming himself to be one with God. Right? And if you don't think that's a big deal, watch what happened. This is why they actually killed him. So then Jesus took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? Jesus answered him saying, for a good work we do not stone you, you but, but for blasphemy because you being a man make yourself God. Isn't that what we just read from all the church fathers? So, and then Jesus quotes, Jesus answers them, it is not written in your law. I said, ye are gods. Elohims is actually what that says. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken. That's where I about fell out of my chair. Be going, oh man, Jesus says, this is a reality that cannot be changed. This can't be broken. Now our understanding of it can be broken, right? And he's quoting Psalm 82.6, if you want to go, if you want to go read it. That's what he's quoting right there, where it says, is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? And, and Psalm 82.6 says this. It says, the whole foundation of earth is out of place. And this is kind of what Romans 8 is talking about. It says, the whole creation is groaning, waiting for us to wake up. 
to the reality that we're sons. And if we're a son, that means we have a divine nature. We're one with God. So what, is, what are the implications of that? That means Jesus' life is your life. What Jesus did, you do. Now, how's that? That's very different from what I was taught in Sunday school. Like, don't chew gum in church. <laughs> Whatever, nonsense stuff. That I get it. It's, 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 uh, those were good habits to learn, but I'm like, there's a little bit more to this whole gospel than don't chew gum at church and don't, certainly don't put your shoes on the we had wooden pews. And if I put my shoe to, oh my gosh, man. My mom whew, got slapped silly for stuff like that. So I probably still have cellular memories. That's why I don't like church and being called a pastor or anything like that. So um, it says, all the foundations are out of place. I said, ye are Elohims, ye are gods, but you don't know that. So you're going to fall like princes and die like normal men. That's what he's quoting. And so he says, you know what? He called them Elohims, gods, to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him whom the father sanctified and sent to the world, you're blaspheming because I said I'm only the son. You guys get what he's trying to say here? He's, he's criticizing them. He said, why? I am thy father are one. So what, what they said is that means you're making yourself a god. And then Jesus takes the old covenant and says, God said ye are gods. And scripture cannot be broken, but you don't understand it. So the whole foundation of the earth is out of place because you're not acting like sons of God. You're acting like servants that need to somehow be pleasing to God. So why are you upset at me when I only said I'm a son where you guys in your own scripture says ye are God? How's that? And I don't, that's where I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my arms around it yet too. But I just know this is, I know when, when I'm like, you know what, Lord, this is how it's going to be. And this is, it's going to be okay. And, and this is how it's going to happen. And this is, I just feel good. And, and it seems to work. I think that's the God nature of us. That's the God thing where he's made us co-creators in this thing. Isn't that wild? So, um, like I said, I, I can't understand it all. I just know he's, he's, that's why he said, I've given you dominion over this stuff. I've given you. And now you've eaten from the wrong tree, so you think that you don't have it. But I'm telling you, you have it. And the whole creation is waiting for us to realize we have it. So I'm telling you, you have it. And every church father told you, you had it. Hey, you've become one with God. Not, you're not God. You're not, you're not weird. What was that, that thing? What was, what was that lady? Uh, she would sit there and scream, I'm God on the ocean. Uh, Shirley. Shirley McLean. You're not God. You're not, that's not what he's saying, but he goes, you're made in his image. We're co-creators, and we can, we, we can release everything that's in us to this creation and make a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah. Isn't that in, in all of us? There's a deep need in all of us. If you ask any high school or college student, they go, I just want to make a difference. That, that's real. That's divine. That's the, that's the life of God trying to bubble up out of them, and then the next things that come out of their mouth, I go, well, it's not going to work like that. Um, not doing, well, yeah, we all want to make a difference, but that won't work. Um, how about you realize who you are in Christ, that you're one with him and you have an identity with him and release his love and compassion to the world. Then that things change, right? You get creative and you heal. And it's all these things that, uh, that are in his name, that were surnamed him. Does this, start, does this make sense to you guys? It has nothing to do about how good you are, how bad you are, your faith level, or anything like that. It's a persuasion that this is already true about you. That's all faith really is. Faith is just persuaded that he's in me. All I have to do is release it, and he'll do the work. Is that good? 
that's good. So, because you know what? It takes me out of the equation then. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Is that cool or is that cool? All right, next scripture. I'm just going to show you some other scriptures. So 2 Peter 1, I love this too. Because the, the, the church father said, you know what? You've become like God and God's become you. We have, we have a, a, a body, but we also have the divine nature. So here's Peter. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, how many of you guys want grace and peace multiplied in your life? I've been taught everything but the right thing of how to multiply grace and peace in my life. <laughs> it's, it, it was always do more. Okay, get your act together, Mike. Stop sinning. Do more. Right? I didn't understand that when I, knew, when I was perfectly loved and forgiven, I would naturally stop messing up so much. But they don't dare teach that because they think you're just giving them a license. They go, it's the exact opposite. Grace is a teacher which teaches me to deny it. It was just like Abram. When Abram realized that God, that God was good, Melchizedek was good, he conquered all of his enemies, all he wanted to do was worship and serve him. Does that make sense? So, all right. So Second Peter, grace and peace, those would be good things to multiply, wouldn't they? Grace and peace be multiplied to you, how? In the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things, it's, it's done. His divine power has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Amen? It's done. He's given it. So, so Peter's saying this. You've obtained like precious faith. Grace and peace are multiplied the more you become acquainted with this, if you go look at that word knowledge. It's not you having to study the Bible. Because I've seen lots of people study the Bible that are nowhere close to this because they still think I'm lacking something. And if you read Peter's writings, Paul's writings, all of them, they always start out with telling you who you are first. They go, here's who you are, you saints, you sanctified, you blessed with every spiritual blessing. Hey, he's given you everything that applies to life and godliness. We have it, isn't that good? Okay, so his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. There it is, again, becoming acquainted with the truth that's already done. Wouldn't that have helped us growing up? At least it would have me. So, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, I, see, I love it. I try to get my arms around, like, all right, Holy Spirit, show me what much more is, showing what hooper abounds is, showing what exceedingly great is, showing me what he does exceedingly abundantly beyond what I can think or ask. Show me those. That's what I want. Right? Don't you want that? And he goes, I freely give it. How? Just becoming acquainted with the truth is really all it is. is that's it. It doesn't come from shabba dabba dabba. It comes from the truth of knowing that I'm already one with him. Does that make sense? Okay. By which have given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises, is what he's saying, that you have become partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. Man, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now what's lust? It's not looking at women for men. What is a desire? Who said desire? Yeah, it's sort of that. But it, it, the desire is like this, is that um, if, I see, if I see somebody other than my wife that I go, I'm lacking something, I must have that. But it can be anything. Does that make sense? And so I don't want to get into Romans 6, 7, 8 right now, but Paul goes, hey, you know what? I was fine until somebody said, don't lust, and I became the biggest luster on the planet. And so and God still used him. He, he wrote two-thirds of the earth of the New Testament, right? And so what he's talking about is, is if you knew you already had everything or access to everything, you don't have to lust for it. 
How do you, how do you obtain it? Being content, shalom, with I already have everything. If there's anything that, that I need, I can know that he's provided it for me already. I don't need to go strive for it. I don't need to struggle for it. I don't need to be worried about it. That's what lust is. I don't have something. And I think most religion produces lust. That's what Paul was saying. Because he's going, Paul, you're not a good man. Don't do this. Man, I was alive until you told me not to do that. And I died. Who will save me from this wretched man that I am? And then Romans 8, 1 says, now there's no judgment in Jesus Christ. Jesus saved us from that. So what he's saying is, you have a divine nature. You can co-create. So you don't need to be worried about less lack Lost anything because you're one with him who has everything. Isn't that good? That's good, isn't it? So, all right. So, that's why, I, I don't know, I just, it's just, how do, you, how do you experience it? One, I would just tell you, um, when we're feeling dark, when we're feeling depressed, et cetera, I know a lot of you guys have, have read some Carol and Leaf, et cetera. We have, no, we have nothing in us to produce that depression, that darkness, et cetera. It's, it's, not a, it's, not a, um, it's not an oppressive spirit like, oh, the devil's after me. He's caused me to be depressed. It's lack of light. I don't see what's already true about me. So when there's lack of that, I don't feel that. So the number one thing I would tell you to do is start being gracious, gratitude, thankful. Here's what I have. Lord, I have this. I have that. I have, I have all these things. And you know what? Then the divine life starts to flow again. Does that make sense? Because it's easy to, to start looking inward. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. I lost this. I lost that. Right? My husband's not this. My wife's not that. No, start being grateful for what you have, and then you'll be surprised as how good you already have it. Does that help you guys? Because you have divine nature. So it worked for me. I go, Lord, make her the hottest woman on the planet for me. Oh, man, it worked. And so uh, <laughs> no, it's true. It's actually true. So uh, <laughs> I love it. So we're just letting you in some of our secrets. So anyway. It works, though, guys, when you, when you start getting grateful for what you have, because the, the tendency is to, oh, we, I don't have this, right? And I love it when she gets spunky. She goes, if I don't have it, you don't need it. I go, that's, that's truth right there, man. So, because I don't need to, I don't, I'm not lacking anything. Does that make sense? So, that'll help you guys out. All right, so what I want to show you there is you've partaken of the divine nature. True? All right, next slide. So, he just keeps going here in verse 5. And, uh, but also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. Now here's, here's, this isn't something you have to strive for. That, that's kind of how I used to read it. Okay, now I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to wake up and read the Bible more, and I'm going to do all this more. How long did that last? Like a day. So, and I'm like, forget that. What if... <laughs> What Peter's talking about here is, no, this is already given to you. He just said he's given you everything, right? So what he's saying is, realize you already have all this. To your list of the divine nature, add these things. Meaning that, hey, I already have this. I already, because as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. So this is what you, you go, you know what? He's given me diligence. Hallelujah, I'm diligent. Right? I've, I already have virtue. I already have knowledge. I already have self-control. I have... Where does that come when we have gratitude and love and, and complete forgiveness? It just naturally flows out of us. So he's going, all these things are true about you. That's how I like to read it. To God, God, brotherly kindness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and he's forgotten that he was cleansed from his, which sins? 
old. That's not you anymore. He's removed sin as far as east is from the west. So if you're not experiencing these, what is he saying? He's not saying that you're not experiencing these because you're a bad boy. It's that you're experiencing these because you've gone back to performance. I'm eating from the good, bad tree, which actually produces wrong behavior, but that's not what, sin is not wrong behavior, guys. It's the belief in who I am. And so that's why I put Homarty again from the Mirror Bible. If, if, you're, if you don't have peace and grace being multiplied into you, you've forgotten that you've, you're one with him. Because hamartia, sin, is from ha, which is a negative, or no, without, and meros, without portion. So remember he said, hey, and the world has lust because you think you don't have something, right? He calls that sin because you don't realize that you have everything because you're one with him. Does this make sense to you guys? But when you, really, when you don't think you do, that, oh, hey, you know what, Lord? I'll be happy when I have this. No, he goes, you realize you already have it and then you'll be happy. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's yours. You've partaken of the divine nature. Does that make sense to you guys? So, but then what happens is uh, something happens, a situation happens, or we make a mistake or we mess up. What typically happens? We start sinning. Not behavior. It usually produces wrong behavior too, but that's not what it's after. What he's after is never have a distorted view of who you are. Never realize that you're not one with me. Nay, ha is negative or without, without my portion. I don't have my portion, right? No, he's given you everything. So, or a distorted pattern. The root of sin is to believe a lie about yourself. So that was the original lie. It's still the lie. That's what, that's what I woke up Stephen, he said, it's all about union. Well, were we always uni- unified with Christ? Yes. So when Adam and Eve ate from the wrong tree, were they ever separated from God? No. They believed the lie that they were separated, but it wasn't true. Does that make sense? And so fear starts to set in. I don't have enough. I'm lacking something. You got to eat from the other tree. I'm one with him. I have everything. I can partake of the divine nature. He's made me a co-creator. And if I operate in total unconditional love and I know I'm totally forgiven no matter what happens, guess what? Life flows from me. Those rivers of living water flow out of me and everything that my name has because I'm married to him now, we co-create. Does that make any sense? So you don't have to let life happen to you. That's what I'm trying to tell you is uh, you don't have to just roll with it. Follow me? As you wake up in the morning and go, Lord, you know what? I feel like crap. How many of you guys ever feel like crap in the morning? I do. Right? Some mornings? <laughs> this morning? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did when the Yankees game got rained out. I go, oh, crap. So uh, um, it's probably going to get rained out tomorrow. Doggone it. So that's not what he's talking about. You, but you know what I'm saying is we get self-reflected. You know what? The more I, when I start going, you know what, Lord, here's, here's what I have to be thankful for. Here's what I'm going to be grateful for. Here's what's the real truth about me. Here's, guess what? All of a sudden it starts to look a little brighter. And the life starts to flow again. So that's all that is, is you have divine nature. You become one with him. So the implications of that are what's true about Jesus is true about you. Hallelujah. So we don't have to have fear. We don't have to operate in anger or any of these things because somebody else has something we don't have. We don't have to operate in guilt because I don't have something. I desire it, and so I want it. We, no, we eat from the right tree. He's given me everything. And uh, if I need anything, he's already provided for it, and I can co-create it with him. Does that help? 
All right, so let's go to this slide. And this is just review because this is what I wanted to get. Is That's really what I felt the Holy Spirit going, you know what? Show them their divine nature that they, they don't have to roll with the punches of life so much. I've conquered everything, right? And I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so it, we come right back to prayer, in my opinion, because prayer is really just communing with him and releasing what's already true about you from the inside out. Does that help? All right, so this is the same thing. But you shall receive power, that's his divine ability, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Did the Holy Spirit come upon you? Yes, yes. that's what scripture says. When, at, at Pentecost, right, 50 days after the Passover, he poured out his spirit on all flesh. Now Barbara and I were talking about this. Is, is, um, did you already have the spirit? Yes. Yes, that's what happened. Paul tells us, it's, a, it's kind of fascinating. Paul, Paul says, that day when I pour out my spirit, you're going to realize I'm in you and you're in me. It's this mystery that he's hidden until now that you've been one with him the whole time, but he's going to reveal it. He says, you're going to realize that you can call him daddy. Now that got Jesus killed. Because the implications of if you can call him dad, that means you're making yourself one with God. And then Jesus comes along and he says, hey, you, up until now, you haven't said daddy. But I'm telling you, when that day comes, the Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to realize I'm in you and you're in me. Exactly the thing that Jesus got killed for. Whew. Because you're going to be surnamed my name. You can use my name because we're married. You can take my last name in marriage is what that means, to be in the name of Jesus, right? Does that make sense? She would get remarried, sweet. In the name of Jesus. Because that's how I was taught. Just say it loud and with all your energy, etc. And I saw a lot of spit, but not a lot of help. So, and weirdness I saw. And you know what? I, there, that's where I go back and go, did Jesus do this? How did Jesus do it? Let's do it his way. Because what's true about him is true about us. Does that make sense? That was one thing I just heard from Brad too. Is he, he was in a big deliverance ministry and spitting and yelling and all the stuff we were kind of learning. Throw him in a stream if nothing else works. And, um, that still doesn't work. He goes, here's what would happen is we, they would get some relief from the demonic, and we'll talk about that sometime too, what that actually is. is uh, but then he goes, I still always had to do inner healing to their heart because they got beat up in the whole situation. You know, you're yelling at them like, did Jesus ever yell at mankind like that and diminish them? That's where, you, oh, I just watched this movie. It's, oh, no wonder people hate Christians. Um, it was, have you guys seen that movie Hellbound? It says Hellbound with a question mark. I just watched it and I was like, oh gosh, no wonder just how knuckleheaded Christians are. But then the flip side is it was really guys like Brad and all these, you know, Paul Young of the shack and all these guys going, here's the truth about who you are and who Jesus actually is. And so Brad was used to do typical deliverance like, you know, Jesus and come out and all these weird things. And uh, he said the Holy Spirit convicted him. He said, you know what, if you just love them, all the demonic will dissolve. I'm like, wow, that's so good. So good. So anyway, so hey, when the Holy Spirit has come, you have his divine abilities. Really all I wanted to show you. The ability to perform for the believer, power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities, power through God's ability. It's faith, guys, is simple. It's not something to achieve. It's not something to increase. It's not that you have to get it above some other level because you got something else. It's a, it's a realization that I am one with him. It's just persuasion that I'm one with him. And I, I believe I've given his divine ability. It's not something that I can work up and get this thing. Does that make sense? It's just releasing love out of you. 
whatever Jesus' name qualifies you for, you, you just release that. And so I'll try. Am I making any sense to you guys? Because I'm trying to make sure I don't teach it in a way where you feel... Um, because I always, when I would read all these faith healers and all this stuff, I go, I guess I'm just a loser. Because um, I can never have that kind of, Shh. you don't even drink coffee? <laughs> there, we go, there goes that. Um, you know, whatever, you know, all the stuff I would hear. Well, I pray and fast for six hours a day. <laughs> there goes that. Yet nowhere will you find any of that as far as scripture. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll have it. Hallelujah how far we've gotten from that truth in the last 2,000 years, right? So I just want us to, have, to realize who we are and not this, um, even that was weird to me how I was taught. You need to know your identity. And it was always this domineering, I gotta act like I have this faith and spit and take authority over it. And then I'd get behind the veil with these pastors and they were like, they were meek. And I'm going, oh, so what was that? That was an act then. Well, what, the, what are your sheep going to think? They're going to think that you got your, all your act together. And I'm, hopefully I'm showing you that I don't have my act together. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, but <laughs> I rely on him. So somehow that gave me more confidence. I go, oh, he's mildly stupid and you still use him? Yes, the yes. Yes, because we all see with a veil here, right? But then we're going to realize how mildly stupid, because no, Mike, it wasn't mildly. It was like a lot. But that's the grace of God. And I go, yes, Lord, I can do this then. If you've given us all things that, to, that, that pertain to life and godliness, you've freely given it to me, and I have it in here. The creator of the universe is in here. What a weird deal. And all I have to do is release it. Yes, the divine abilities come upon you. Just release it. That's all I'm trying to get you to do is experience it. So guess what? If you, if you feel invaluable, what do you, what, do you, what do you feel coming out of your innermost parts? I'm valuable. All the things that the first Adam, I'm not worthy because I'm a sinner, dirtbag, right? So what do we do? Oh, I'm perfect and holy and he loves me perfectly. That's why he freely gives me these things. So you, you experience that coming out of your belly. You let it flow out. Follow me? So does that help you guys? Okay, we'll finish this up. All right. So, and this is just review from last week. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe me for the works. Isn't that what Jesus did? What got him killed in John 10? And then Jesus says, guess what? When I pour out my spirit, you're gonna have a, it's not that you didn't have the spirit. It's you're gonna have a revelation that you've always had it and where you're one with me. It's this divine mystery where you're married to me. And you can take my name in marriage, surnamed. Hallelujah. So most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do will do also, and greater works than these he will do. What is, what is believing in him? It's not just, it's not, it's not something that you did when you were 13 that go, I took him into my heart and I believe him. Because scripture says even the devil believes him. Doesn't it? So what is it? He's believing in all the things he says he was. He is your salvation. He is your redemption. And he's your husband. And you're one with him. You've, he's given you divine nature. And he's given you the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. That's what happened. He goes, I'm going to reveal to you the truth that's always been true about you. You've never been separated from me. Everything else you've heard has been a lie. I loved you perfectly. I'll go to the ends of the earth to do anything to bless you, to favor you, to prosper you. Anything. I'll even let you kill me to show you my forgiveness. 
It's not God pouring out his wrath on Jesus, which I was taught because he was mad. That's not a very good father. I don't want to go, oh man, Abba. Doesn't make me do that. Because Abba's this, Abba's this, for you grandpas and dads, Abba's a, a five-year-old running up on your, like David be your grandkids running up on your lap going, Grandpa, Appa, right? I don't think they would do that if you go, yeah, but he might throw me in eternal torture. Weird dad, weird grandpa, right? So he goes, you've all, you, none of you have seen me. You've not, you have not seen me accurately, but in that day, you're going to realize what's always been true about you, that I let you kill me. Your anger killed me. And I still said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he wouldn't even hold that against us. So what's he holding against you? Nothing. He's freely given you everything instead. Now that's a good dad. That's a good father, isn't it? That's a good husband. So most assuredly, when anytime you see, most assuredly you can be what? You just never know. Right? Because sometimes you can have unbelief and belief at the same time. No, most assuredly. Most assuredly. I've given you two things that are unbreakable so you can be Sure. He wants to give us assurance, not all the nonsense we've been taught. Whatever you ask, being my husband, I mean being my bride, because you've taken my name, that I will do that the Father may glorify in the Son. So is anything other than him, salvation, redemption, etc., glorifying to him? No. No. So anything that you being my bride, you can go to the Father, and that'll glorify me and the Father because you realize that I'm in you and you're in me. If you ask anything what my name implies, who's going to do it? His divine nature is going to do it through you. You're a partaker. You're the temple where he lives. Is that cool or is that cool? So in the mirror 14, if you ask anything in knowing what my name entitles you to, that I will perform. That's in the name. It's not believing in Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus. It doesn't look like it. I get what you're saying. Because that's, it's not your fault. That's what you've been taught your whole life. Well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm going to heaven. Guys, it's so much richer than that. It's not, that's not what it is. It's re- having a revelation that I'm married to him. And I can call the Father and go, Father, thank you for this. And if you really understand it, he goes, there, I'm, I sit outside of time. Jesus says, telos time, meaning that all time's wrapped up in me. So anything you've asked for, before you've asked for it, I've answered, is what Scripture said. So it's so not you're trying to beg God to happen. It's the assurance that this is true, that anything I have... Before I've even asked for it, you said it's yes and amen. That, that should give you a skip in your step. Like, hallelujah, really? Does that, does that make sense? Now, how do we do it? Not, or, Father, you know, a bunch of words, right? And if you pray, sometimes you use words, but it really is this, is letting this thing flow out of your belly, your innermost part. And the best way I describe it, some of you guys heard me talk about this a lot lately, because it's really becoming real to me, is, is you feel whatever that thing is coming out of you. So if it's love, you just feel, you, you, I feel love coming out of me. If it's virtue, I feel virtue coming out of me. If it's, if it's healing, I feel healing coming out of me. It's not me trying to go, you're healed in Jesus' name. Because to me, maybe you guys are different, but to me, it's here then. Because I'm trying to concentrate, and, and if I have to know all these techniques about healing... Well, you got to know, did this happen recently or is this later? Is this something that happened to you now? Because if it's this, then you got to go this way. And if it's this way, you got to go that way. I'm not that smart. He knows everything. 
And I know that if, if anything I have being married to him that his name already freely gives me, I can ask for it and he will do it. Isn't that easier? Hallelujah. So guess what? That's why it's so fun in the new covenant when you can start doing it. So we don't have to go, uh, I discern this about you. You do that to me, I'm about ready to go, I'm going to discern something too. And that, that stuff irritates me. Because, listen, I don't need to know how bad I am. I need to know how good I am in Christ's eyes. Don't tell me how bad I am. That's easy for us to do, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, let me take notes. Did you ever do this? Yes, I did it all. Stop already. Give me some good news. There's no bad news in the good news. Does this make sense to you guys? All right, last slide, I think, is the last slide. Okay, you can see, get to your feet. And if you need, if, if you, it's hard for me to do it up here, but I'm trying to explain how I do this. It's not by words coming out of my mouth. Now, it's okay to, to do that because it's, it's reaffirming what, what's, what I'm trying to do, but prayer is really just this, here comes Reg making his move. You got something good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'll let you finish it up then, okay? Because you got something, right? A little bit. Song? No. No? <laughs> I love it. So, yeah? Is it Christian? I only listen to Christian songs. That's a lie, by the way. So, uh, I love you just the way you are. You know, Billy Joe's saying, I love you just the way you are. Oh, Billy Joe's not Christian music. That's all I listen to. That's not true, as I told Journey, because she goes, have you heard this song? I go, I've never heard it. It's on Christian radio. That's why I haven't heard it. So, I listen to 98.1 and all the good stuff. So anyway, uh, uh, and he still loves me for it. Amen? Amen. So your perfect union with the Father in Christ. I'm still trying to get my arms around that. Just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what that's true about you. Go, Lord, you know what? Show me something radical that's true that I'm in your name. And he'll do it. And he'll do it. So you have partaken of the divine nature. When the Spirit has come upon you, it didn't mean you didn't have the Spirit. It means that you're gonna, he's going to open your eyes to the revelation that I'm in you and you're in me. And you've partaken of the divine nature. Does that make sense? So you simply release what's already true about you. So how I try to do it, like I try to tell you, is, is um, and if some of you guys need prayer, come up here because it'll be tangible to you. You can actually, uh, oh, I was on the phone with today. So when, the more I've understood this, man, the healings become easy and, and all the, the blessings become easy. It's really just, you know what? Release those rivers of living water. And it's, you know what? If I, if I feel, if, if, if you're praying for the sick, let's just use that one. All you really try to do, guys, is you don't have to know all the fancy prayer techniques and go through all this stuff. It's releasing his love and light and seeing whatever is wrong with them being dissolved by his love. You really just feel his love coming out of your belly to them. And guess what? You can do it at a distance. Does that make sense? I'm not going to say names today, but my friend... Um, I said, how's your wife? Because I really felt this, oh, this love and this light to his wife today. And he's like, man, I'm about ready to jump up and down. And it's tangible to them, which is really kind of awesome. So you have it. You don't have to have any special technique. I'm trying to get you. You have it. You are the body of Christ, meaning that he's in you and you're in me. Whose who's body, whose heart, whose brain, whose spirit, whose everything is he going to use? Yours. Is that cool? Does that help you guys? So when you pray, just spend a few minutes feeling whatever that thing is that you're desiring coming out of you. It's the best way I can describe it is a feeling versus words.
Now, it's okay to do words. Usually, well, usually when that's happening, you're, you're kind of out of, your, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You usually just go, oh, Lord, thank you. You're so good when you're doing it. Does that help you guys? That's prayer. That's the divine union. So, all right, Reg, you, you, you close it out too and pray. And um, whoever's mic this is, whose mic is this? Mic three. If we can put that one up, that'd be great. All right, my friend. Yeah. Jesus was 100% full of God, and he was 100% full of Adam, because he was the last Adam. And when you realize you're 100% full of God also, you are complete in him. I mean, just exactly what Mike says. And I had to laugh because, you know, the old expression was, uh, my better half, my wife is my better half. You know, and I understand what they're trying to say, you know. But no, she's not my better half. I am, you know, that's like you're only 50% of a person. <laughs> you are not 50% of a person. You better be complete. Because if you're not complete, don't go looking for a woman to complete you. Because that ain't going to happen. She's complete and you're complete. When you're, when you're both complete, I mean, then you're happy. I mean, <laughs> it's what? Woody sparks. sparks, yeah, sparks will fly everywhere, in the bedroom, everywhere. <laughs> so that's, that. well, what else did I have here? <laughs> oh, oh, you also have two angels. This is the coolest part because, you know, with all this stuff going on with Russia and all that, and there's a lot of fear mongers out there, and, uh, but, but you have no fear, you have two angels. I mean, you look at the tabernacle. You are the holy of holies. What was covering the holy holies? Two angels. You have two angels. So you don't have to fear guns. You don't have to fear muggers. You don't have to fear anything. When it's your time to go, you'll go. But don't go in fear. Amen? Okay, thank you, Lord, that we, uh, we, you have not given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a sound mind. And we are full of you, 100% full of you. And when we let that flow out of us, things will happen and they'll all be good. So we thank you, Father, that everybody goes out of here full of you tonight and they know it. And because of Jesus, we are married to him. He's married to us, one in the Father and one in the Son. Amen.